Car Con Carne is presented by the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue, right in between Maine and Dempster. The car I'm recording this week's show in is a lovely, luxurious, fancy Mazda CX-9. It's spacey, it's roomy, and I love doing my podcast in here because there's it's just comfortable. It feels like I'm in my living room, only difference being there's a gear shift and a really cool electronic thing popping out from the dashboard. Car Con Carne, the Autobahn Mazda of Evanston, 1015 Chicago Avenue. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. And now here's the star of our show, James Van Look at that, it's Gary Meyer. Chicago radio legend, radio hall of famer Gary Meyer in my car. It, it, it just became a shit show outside. As we're sitting here right outside Billy Goat, uh, the downpour just happened. I, we're, we're stuck here for a while. Yeah, well, that's the way this weather's been going here in Chicago. Nine straight months of total horseshit weather. Total horseshit and weather. And that's, that's saying something, because Chicago, six, seven, eight, but nine? Nine. It's a little, little much. Hey, listen, I just pulled this out of your glove compartment. This is a cease and desist from Jerry Seinfeld's lawyers. <laughs> now, come on. No, I didn't. but wait a minute. They said, well, wait a minute. We just found out you don't go into a coffee shop. If you stay in your car, you're good. Oh, fantastic. There. So you're good. You got another concept. I didn't even know that show was a thing when I started Seriously? doing this over five years ago. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. That's, that, I had no idea. Say, hey, save it for court. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so one of the reasons you're here... Uh, a, to eat a hot dog from Billy Goat. Uh, B, starting tomorrow for the entire week, you are back on the radio. You're doing mornings on WLS AM 890. Man Cow's on vacation, and he asked me to fill in, and I'm honored to do that. So how long has it been since you've been on terrestrial radio? Five years. Five years? Jesus. Five years. Yeah, I know. Time, and I equate this to the solar eclipse. Nothing has been right. Look at everything. The weather, everything's goofed up, and it's that damn moon making the sun its bitch. <laughs> and, and they they have control over us, and they're going to make us pay. So in that five years, I mean, I guess there's, it, we just always assume Gary Meyer's on the radio in Chicago. That seems so long. Um, in those five years, you've started your own podcast. The Gary yep. Meyer Show exists as a digital enterprise. GaryMeyer.com. Were there people who tried to dissuade you from doing a podcast? Or was that something you'd always kind of intended on launching? No, in fact, 20 years ago, a good friend of mine, his name is Ken Rakowski, one of those guys who's tech savvy to the nth degree. Many years ago, I went over to his apartment and he said, let's call somebody on the computer. And I said, this is before there was audio on computers. I go, right. what are you talking about? He plugs a microphone into the computer. We called some guy in Australia. And I thought, oh my God, he's a wizard or a witch. <laughs> a few years Burn after, him. And then a few years after that, he comes to my apartment and said, why are you still on the radio? I said, Ken, what do you mean? He goes, it's gonna die and you're gonna be sitting there. And then he proceeded to put two microphones on the computer. I interviewed my then seven-year-old daughter, and he played it back for me. He said, you're on the radio, or on the air, or whatever you want mm -hmm. to call it, of the 21st century. And then I thought, I better keep that in mind. And then as the radio thing got more and more strange, I automatically said, time to go to the digital platform. And how's it been for you? I mean, it seems like a pretty seamless transition. It's the Gary Meyer Show. In digital form well the last six months i was on this radio station in chicago wgn they put me on their digital platform i think they thought that they were punishing me for what i don't know i guess for being successful <laughs> but i found as i sat there i could talk for the first day i was on the digital platform i talked 
for an hour and 45 minutes straight because I was so used to talking six minutes and stopping yeah. on radio that this was a luxury. So when I went to... It was liberating. Yes. When I went to the podcast world, it's the same thing. You talk, and then when you're done, you're done. And no interruptions makes for a whole different broadcast. I love that. So coming back to terrestrial, I mean, you're coming back to mornings, which means your sleep is going to be yeah, messed I'll up. Yeah, being better in about 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Yeah, for real. Well, I'm Catholic, and that's what you do. You have to be very disciplined when you do things. And the morning show, you've got to stay on that rhythm. Otherwise, it'll kill you. Most of the guys who've done morning radio for more than five years have lost their mind. And I'm not even exaggerating. Uh, they're when, crazy. When you work that schedule, I think it's true of people who aren't in radio. When you work that schedule, it, it's all consuming. All you do is yeah. think about when you're able to get to sleep. You lay in bed when you go to bed at night thinking, okay, if I go to sleep right now, I can get yeah. five hours of sleep. Yeah. Well, anybody who does a shift that's early in the morning, it doesn't have to be radio, they know. You have to be in some kind of rhythm or it'll eat you alive very quickly. 100%. Yeah. So go, jumping back into terrestrial after five years, the approach is still the same, right? Yeah. I was on with Man Cow Friday with him during his whole show, and the muscle is still there. I know the rhythm, and it comes right back to you. It's, as they say, like riding the horse after you fall off or get off, and you get back on, and that's how it works. So I'm not saying that I've got it all down together in my mind by tomorrow, but the rhythm will probably come to me pretty quickly. You've seen the highs and lows of the radio business. Would you say a relationship with radio or your feeling toward radio is a love relationship or is it love-hate? Is it? I think at this point, because of all the things that have happened to me where I had no idea that they were going to happen, there's that hate part because it shouldn't have happened that way. But it's such a great medium or it still has elements of a great medium, but it's been bashed to death and for no reason. A lot of the trauma that radio is going through has been self-inflicted. Sure. It didn't have to. It's going to suffer because of the encroachment of the digital age, but most of the damage was self-inflicted by management, making poor decisions, and not realizing you can't dismiss the digital arena because you think it's just a few people in a basement or whatever. Wrong. Because it's there and it's coming, and as soon as the whole digital thing becomes on the dashboard, meaning a button like radio, mm -hmm. it's a whole new ball game, and it's coming soon. I mean, you can get it on all these things in new cars now, but I mean, really easily. Right, that tipping point exactly. has still yet to come. Right. I agree. Now you're from the area. You actually were an inspiration to me. I never wanted to leave Chicago to do radio. And I looked at someone like Gary Meyer. I said, "Well, Gary did it." I, I didn't know a soul in radio when I started. In fact, my lineage is I went to pharmacy school, dropped out, worked construction for two years, and then went into radio. Typ typical radio trajectory. That, that's how it works. Yeah. There's the process. <laughs> so it's a lot of, hey, just go in and see what happens. I got nothing to lose. And networking, as it is for every business. You have to network. And I made some connections that got me to the next step, the next step. And then you're off and running, hopefully. It, it, it's very important to have that going all the time because you don't know who you're going to run into. Right. You don't. Uh, looking back on your career, I worked at The Loop briefly a couple years ago. And it was The Loop in name. It was The Loop in music. But The Loop that Gary Meyer was part of always struck me as Sodom and Gomorrah. How's that? Oh, I just pictured it as decadent. I pictured like Caligula-like orgies going on yeah, there. Yeah, well, we... We were having a good time. There's no doubt about that. And that that's the monkey trick as far as we brought the audience in on the party. 
It wasn't us mm-hmm. having a partying and you going. And I think this when I watch these award shows and stuff, it's almost this, hey, aren't we cool movie stars and stuff? And you're not. You're yeah. out there in in the great Midwest or wherever. And, and here we are in Hollywood and all that. And I'm not trying to do that whole elitist Hollywood thing. But the, the, the image and how they present it keeps a barrier between the audience and them. Whereas this era of radio we did, it was, you're part of this party. Mm-hmm. You're definitely part of this. We want you to enjoy this. It wasn't fake. It was, let's all have a good time. Why not? I think about your career and all that you've done. You're a Hall of Famer, for God's sakes. I think, I was talking about this. I had Tiffany in the car last week. Watch it. Was was she a, a volunteer in that, or you she, picked her up? She, I had her in the car, and oh, she's still in the back here. That's right. Yeah. I had her in the car, and one of the things I talked about, she's got this new career direction she's going more rock she sounds kind of like melissa etheridge meets bonnie Raitt. because of her success back in the day there's a segment of her audience that doesn't want her to evolve that wants her to still be that mall queen doing i think we're alone now and i think in your case you've done so much shit since the 70s but i think there are people who still want you to be the gary meyer who they grew up with well people like comfort zones i understand that i don't like change as much as I've gone through change. It wasn't what I picked. Change, as they say, as the cliche goes, is inevitable. And It's also healthy. And it is. And I think of this. If I was still with my first partner, with Steve, it's 40 years later. How would that have sounded? And people would take it for granted, and it would have gotten stale and old on its own. The beauty of what's happened to me, and again, I didn't orchestrate this. I come back, and I'm always brand new. I've been around long enough <laughs> to get, I guess under people's skin or them bored with me. So it, it's good that way because I'm always energized because I've had a mm-hmm. break and I come back with all that new energy. Uh, one thing I've always loved about your delivery, you're very dry and very... It's the only skill I have. If I had <laughs> to, and like I said, I work construction, I was a laborer and I watched these guys build a house and I thought, boy, that's a great skill. When I see somebody build something, I think, I wish I had that skill. I don't. So I happen to have this skill, and thank God, because it's been good, I like doing it. And and that's why I'm always enthusiastic, no matter how much stuff I've had to go through. Talk radio, I think, for people in broadcasting, talk radio is hard for people who don't have that genetic code. When you go through life, I mean, do you catalog everything you see and experience? I, I, I feel like people who do talk and do it well, more specifically, have a different way of just observing the world. My wife has said this to me. She said, 10 people could look at something and say one thing. You would look at it and have something totally different to say about it. Just walking here today, I have two or three things I'm going to talk about this week on the radio. Because you're right, my viewfinder is wide open and Mm -hmm. stuff that most people would maybe walk by and think, "Eh." I go, oh my God, that's gold. That's gold, Jerry, gold. (laughs) And it's one of those things. When you do articulate those things on the radio, that's where you form those connections with listeners because you might observe something on Lower Wacker and someone might think, oh, I saw that same thing. Like you have that personal connection because people experience the same shit you do. When you listen to somebody on the radio and they start unfolding something and it hits a button that you've gone through or whatever, Mm -hmm. and that's where the relatable part comes in, the visit. And they go, I've gone through that. He went through that too? He likes that? I like that too? Or whatever that moment is, because we're all doing the same stuff here. It's just a matter of articulating it to where they're entertained by it or intrigued by it or whatever. And 
that's what I hopefully can keep doing because I still want to do this for a while. What do you tell someone? I, I taught at Columbia College for a couple of years. I went to Columbia College, taught there. I've got to think that radio department looks different, to say nothing of it being smaller than it did back back then. What do you tell someone who has aspirations to follow in Gary Meyer's footsteps? Uh, go work for Amazon or Google or what? Learn how to companies code. that are going <laughs> yeah. to that are taking over the world. Boy, and and people would say this when I first started. Oh, that's a rough business. Get into something else. Now it's a brutal business because three companies, for the most part, bought all the radio stations and squeezed the life out of them and controlled the game board to where you couldn't really maneuver, where if you left one station, they probably owned the other one that you wanted yeah. to go to. It's yeah, not for the squeamish. Pivoting was a lot easier if you are out of work back in the day. It's not for the squeamish, mm-hmm. and I noticed over the years that there isn't any real new talent coming up because a lot of people didn't want to put up with the shit we put up with going through this in the early days. They really don't want to do it now. Yeah. So that's the problem. Yeah. I, and you should eat, by the way. Unless you feel weird about well, eating yeah, the camera. Okay. You know what? When you said you wanted to do this, mm-hmm. I had just read this article in the New York Times. There is a YouTube channel of a woman who lives in Cincinnati. I'm going to talk about this on the air this week. Who eats food on camera and people... She has a million or so followers. And she eats seafood and, and crab cakes and all kinds of, as they call it, a fish boil. And I thought, I don't like watching commercials if they're too close on a person's mouth for some food item. And so, I don't know. And that'll be the part where they can is freeze. Is like a fetish thing? Yeah, well, whatever it is. And there's this whole other thing. What's it called? ASMR? Oh, that's... that's that It's part of that or something? Okay. I don't anyway, this woman has, and this is the killer for me, not that I'd watch it anyway... She has long fingernails, and they're all decorated, and I, that creeps me out. I don't, I, I'm sorry, I can't, the long fingernail thing is not something I enjoy. Going back to the, the future, or the aspiring broadcasters, what I tell them is to kind of come at this from where we're at right now. It's build your online brand, podcast. Yeah. You, don't, st- you don't need a radio station. See, that's like the record industry. Mm-hmm. A musician doesn't need a studio necessarily you can do this on your own because the equipment is it really is pretty affordable considering oh, you'd be shocked <laughs> I, yeah. I, I get local music demos every day the difference in quality from what I hear now from what I heard 20 years ago and I know it all sounds ready to go like and, super professional and the equipment as you're demonstrating here your car is your studio right the equipment you could put in a little bag Mm-hmm. And that's all you need. And the quality, as you said, is very good. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they say the average smartphone has more technology than what they sent guys to the moon on as far as technology. And it seems like it's true. I was listening to your podcast with Kevin Matthews recently. You guys have both been through some stuff. Kevin's been through a whole bunch of different stuff. Health-wise, yeah. Health-wise. But is it one of those things where when you regroup with someone like Kevin, is it kind of like you were in the foxhole together back in the war yeah. is it that kind of camaraderie I, I think and this is true of any industry only people that have experienced the same thing can really get to the core of what that is when mm-hmm. you talk to some people they roll their eyes i don't eh, i don't know what you're talking about it doesn't make any sense to right. me but when two people who've gone through the same stuff talk that really connects and that's what i found because i hadn't talked to kevin before that in a long time and it just had that same kind of feel of when we would cross over on the radio and start to spark. And yeah, it's always there. And plus, you can compare stories and wounds yeah. and battles and all that stuff. 
So it, it is good because you need an outlet sometimes. Oh, for sure. Because some people just don't want to hear it. Right. And they don't care and they, they don't, don't know. Get it, yeah. Right. So that's fine. I don't expect them to, but it's good to every now and then just blow out some carbon. <laughs> the Radio Hall of Fame, you were inducted to the Radio Hall of Fame a, a few years back. Right. Knowing that you are kind of self-deprecating, was it weird to get that accolade? Was it validating? Well, it's funny. When I got a call from the director of the hall, he said, you've been inducted into the Radio Hall of Fame. And I said, what does that mean, that they have to vote on me now to see if I actually go in? I don't understand if that was the final step or a step. Or if you were like chic getting nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, okay. And I was thinking... As I guess a lot of people would, here I am. I grew up on the south side of Chicago. I didn't know anybody in radio or television. I started from scratch and worked my way through this, and it was extremely satisfying to know that you have been acknowledged to that level. Mm -hmm. And I had dinner with Howard Stern a couple years ago, and we were talking about that because he's been inducted into the hall too. And it was one of those things where we both said, man, from where we came from and we got all this, it's, it's pretty great. It is. I mean, I to every day when I think when somebody mentions it, I think, geez, I, I just got into it because I like doing this. That is the the tip right there where you go, okay, I got acknowledged, and that felt pretty good. Are we about to get hit? Can anybody see that? <laughs> He's just so. making a three point turn in a very large. Some of it is in like your SUV. fender, <laughs> yeah. but your sponsor will give you a new car. That, sure, they will. Yeah, this is a loner. Please be gentle. What was the high point outside of the Hall of Fame? Like, was there a moment on the air you can look at and say, oh, man, that was as good as it gets in the in the business? I know people ask that question of different people about, oh, what was your best part that you did in a movie or whatever? And I always think, now it can't be one thing. It's got to be a number of things. And then when I start thinking about those things, there are so many people I've met that I would have mm-hmm. never met if I wasn't in this business when we had Paul McCartney on the show and being a huge Beatles fan. So he came to the radio station? Well, no. Okay. He was on the phone, but But I did meet him later several times. And it's one of those things where I'm sitting there and he walks in and people of that stardom, there is an aura around them. When they walk in a room and they're different from other people, you can say, no, no, we're all the same. No, there's an aura. And you can see it when they walk in the room. And to shake his hand, I'm thinking, oh my God. they almost aren't real because you've built them up. Yeah. Sure. Uh, he's just a regular guy in his head, I'm sure. But it's one of those moments where you go, that's pretty cool. Now, some of this stuff is not going to uh, resonate because it's a personal thing. When I was on the WLS survey, they had these surveys with their top 40 songs. Sure. And they would put the DJ's picture on the bottom. And as a kid, WLS was a big radio station. Yeah. And I'd see the DJ's picture. So when I first with Steve got... Our picture on there, I thought that was pretty cool. But those are little I get personal that. milestones. But I think that's what I'm asking. I that's mean, what that's, I mean. It's yeah. those little things. And there was this restaurant in Chicago, the Pump Room. They sure. put pictures of the people that have come in, these famous people, and they decided to put our picture up there. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Because, again, having lived in Chicago all those years and growing up with all this and never thinking you're going to be around that. And then there's that stuff where the guy who inspired me to get into radio, his name was Larry Lujak, or still is, but he's dead. He did a radio show, and I sent him a letter, and he responded on the air. That moment, I think, of all the moments, because that was the one that started it all. Interesting. When I heard my name and material on the air, boom, that was it. I had to do it somehow, some way. And then 
here, worlds collide. Then I ended up working on the same radio station as Larry. Right. That, to me, when I would see him in the hallway, I thought, I'm in some movie. This is not real because I used to listen to this guy. Sure. And now I'm working on the same radio station. That kind of stuff. I, I grew up listening to Gary Meyer. Well, so this is a little weird. It's, it's probably now a come down here. You're sitting in your car going, eh, he's going to eat a hot dog for me. <laughs> in my car. This, this, yes. Yeah, this, this is <laughs> yeah. living. Does Chicago have a different relationship with its radio personalities? It, it always seemed that way to me. Like, we don't have the celebrities of the coasts. Radio people are, are celebrities. Radio and local TV people yeah. seem to have risen up the food chain more than some now other smaller cities probably have that same thing where yeah. the radio guy or the like if you're in TV, Tulsa yeah, yeah something mm-hmm. like that uh yeah i guess so it, it, and it takes on some of it takes on some very silly uh, energy I, I i don't get yeah. a lot of it unfortunately i think a lot of the same people have been rotating for maybe a little too long in some ways it's a common complaint you hear about the business right mm-hmm. and you just kind of go oh it's still there huh and maybe they say that about me but again i haven't been around consecutively long enough yeah. so i i don't think they're entirely tired of me yet but you know who knows well i will say you know uh, feeder wrote about you taking over wls for the uh, week next week and i looked through the comments rule number one of the internet of course being don't read the comments mm-hmm. but I, I looked at the comments some were overwhelmingly positive some were kind of cynical i thought it is still good to evoke a reaction like to be uh, in, okay. at this stage of the industry to know that people give a shit either way. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. First of all, I don't read any of that stuff. Right. I, I'm not being like, oh, he probably does. No, I that's don't. that's the wise. I, I'm not that stupid because if you read the good, you're going to fall into some bad, and then it's all in there. So I don't read any of it. I'm flattered and honored that I got positive comments, but to your point about the negative ones, you know what my thought is on that? The fact that somebody would take the time. Yep. Because I haven't been on the radio in five years. If I'm still in their head somewhere, that's a win. Win win. Absolutely. You that's... need that percussion. And I heard this said about Howard Stern and Rush Limbaugh. They probably have as many people that hate them that like them. These are the two richest guys in broadcasting. Right. Because you've got all those people in the mix. The people that don't like you probably listen more than the people that like you. I swear right. to God. That is the truth. And I was honored that I got all of that mix all together because, again, I can't pay for that. That's out there and if they want to do that bring it on i totally that's exactly right. yeah can't beat it so all right so this coming week monday through friday yep. on wls am 890 5 30 till 9 yep that's exciting yeah do you, do you have guests yeah. playing? what do you have i have some guests uh one of the guests is a guy in the politics in illinois and chicago as we all know if you're in this city and state have been very bad for a long time this guy has made a documentary on illinois corruption and I have a small part it's in it. A, it's, it's a 10-part 10 10 part well, 20-hour miniseries. You somehow squeeze it into 88 minutes because that's how you sell those things. Uh-huh. I have a little part in it. I contributed. So we're going to talk about that on Tuesday. The documentary is called Lincoln is Crying. and That's uh, he, provocative. Yeah, Lincoln needs this nonsense like he needs another hole in his head, as they say. <laughs> Friday, I'm going to have a guy on who grows marijuana for the dispensaries in the state. By the way, we did it all wrong career-wise. That's where the money is moving oh, forward. How do we get in on that? I want to be the Amazon of marijuana. And you know someone's pitching that right now. Well, I do have an idea, and I've said it on the air, so I'm not giving this away. I want to open up a chain of nursing homes that blows marijuana smoke in all day because these people, they're just lying around anyway. This would make them feel better. They yep. usually have no appetite. Get that them. would work. They're only waiting for Wheel of Fortune to start. 
<laughs> Get them all blissed yeah, out. Just I I think it's a winner. And as we age, we're gonna want. We're not gonna go into the traditional nursing home. I think I got something here. One thing I like about your digital presence, uh, your website, your podcast, your writing. I, I enjoy your writing. Oh yeah. I, I, what do you mean I, the blogs? Yeah. Or? I'd like to see more of it. Thank you. Uh, the current blog is some shop talk, which I kind of never do. But I thought, hey, I want to air that out a little bit as I yeah. get started on the radio here this week. So I wanted to put some stuff out there that I've never talked about in the blog. It's at GaryMeyer.com in the Out of My Mind section. And I just and that's the truth. Whatever I put, mm-hmm. that's the truth. I didn't make that stuff up. That's what actually happened. Yes. And I think some people, when they hear bits and pieces, they think, well, this guy's crazy. Look at what's happening. Hey, uh, I'm sorry. but uh, And people that are in the know, meaning other people in the business, now there's enough time where they can make their own conclusion. And I'm telling you, I'm right. Because I didn't do anything wrong. Uh, I will also say, going back to that idea of what do you tell someone who wants to be a broadcaster, read a lot of stuff and write. Be good at that. Well, and then put it on the microphone like you're doing, I'm doing, or whatever, and you can do it, again, on your own. And yeah. hopefully you could rise above, well, there are 500,000 podcasts out there. And as I say, 90... Five percent of them are about serial killers or getting somebody out of prison. Got to have a niche. Yeah. yeah. And then there's that other 5%, which I'm in. I don't do any politics, never have. It's not just because of Trump. I never did it. It doesn't entertain me. I'm sorry. If you well, there are people who are great. really good at it. There are people who are really Fine. good at political and that's talk. their wheelhouse. It's not yeah. my wheelhouse. I'm a big believer, and I've said this before, if you can't win, don't play. If that's Don't force it. Well, you have to be a Rush Limbaugh or Sean Hannity, yeah. whomever does this. And they had started way before Trump, so they had a base so it, it wasn't going to be stormy weather to go into this. And in right. fact, it's probably manna from heaven for these guys. Yes. <laughs> but I never sure. found it entertaining in that at the end of the discussion, there's still no conclusion. And now you've pissed off half the audience. Right. I, I don't care what your politics are for my show because it, it doesn't intrigue me enough to make it fun. And that's the key. You have fun doing what you do. I, I do. love that this at this point in your career, Radio Hall of Famer, you still the, the love of the game is still strong. Here's the deal. I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to do it. I'm not going to be one of those people who, hey, I'll take the check and I'll just phone it in. Because no, those people exist. I'm, I'm either going to do it or not do it, and I want to do it. And I wouldn't agree to anything unless I really had the, the fever for it, and I still do. I love it. I might have a fever by saying that, but <laughs> here we are. My favorite thing that radio people do, it's mostly people that do music shows. Say on Tuesday, they'll come on and say... You mean two for Tuesday? That too. <laughs> They'll say how close we are to the weekend. That's their thing. <laughs> yeah. my, my favorite thing, the thing that pisses me off about radio, it's 8.15. Like, like we have we have timepieces in our pockets, on our wrist. Yeah. Like, I, I'm good. I like when they give the temperature and they'll go outside. It's 75 outside. Really? I thought you could see my thermostat inside here. Uh, that is, is, is a thing. Those uh, radio crutches. Yes. And they don't let them talk. Why even have them there? Have a computer do it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to muscle Alexa, what, that what way. time is it? What's the weather outside? Yeah, that's uh-huh. it. And mm-hmm. I don't need any of that. I can find that anywhere. Uh-huh. But they keep doing those old things, and I don't get it. But Just to harp on the time thing a little bit longer, it's 8.15, 45 minutes before the top of the hour. Well, that's a different thing. That's math. Right. <laughs> exactly. Or, uh, what is it, 75 minutes before the next, whatever they want to do to mix it up. Uh, yeah, th- those things are crutches and silly and stupid. Or... Hey, it's 8.15 on a Sunday on the radio. Wow, I was not sure of any of that before you said something. So, all right, let's be uh, prescriptive here. What what would you offer to radio as an industry to 
bring it back to glory days. Wow, glory days. I don't know if that's possible because relative that that moment is, I think, past. I've, you've got to find people that connect, and you can't see the deal's been the ratings have controlled the mojo forever. Mm-hmm. Radio stations forever. have been chasing the ratings mythology forever because they think that's how they win the game. And whenever you hear anything on the radio, it is slotted in there to gin the ratings. If they give sure. away something at 722, that's for a reason. Because mm-hmm. they, they, they get 15 minutes of credit for listening if you listen for five minutes. And they have to figure out a way to do that. That's what they do. It's not about the content. or It's how much we can get into that ratings cycle to make it work for us. Instead of, let's put something on that's entertaining, and hopefully they'll stay, and then we'll mm-hmm. have ratings. It's always been backwards, and I don't know if that's ever going to change. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it will. No. So working within that paradigm, how do you... I don't, is it you're just all the wrong guy. I, I don't know anymore. Uh, I Maybe I'm out of step with what all this is, so I don't have any answers. I just do what I do, and if it still works, great. If it doesn't, nothing else I can do. Of course it still works. You're Gary freaking Meyer. Oh, thank you. Yeah. All right, so this week, WLSAM 890, you're doing mornings, which will be awesome to hear you after a five-year absence from Terrestrial Radio. Of course, Gary never went away. He has his daily daily podcast. Yeah, like Monday through Friday. 500-plus episodes. Actually, there are 500 free, and I have a subscription service, and there are about 300 there, so about 800 podcasts. And since I started this over three years ago, I've only missed one show, Monday through Friday. And that's another thing. What I that's impressive. talk about is these radio guys, especially during the holidays. I had a situation, it was funny, I was working at the station. They hired a guy on December 1st. He worked for two weeks and took two weeks off for the holidays. He had just started. The work ethic sometimes not right <laughs> where you want it either. Yeah. They might want to get these people to work more. Uh-huh. I, there are part-timers at various radio stations who will take holidays off. Having worked part-time yeah. throughout my yeah. career, like that's when you make your money. Like, as a part-timer, that's when you swoop in. It's like, okay, I can be away from family for four hours and well, make time Well, they don't think that way. I've worked every shift. I've worked every holiday. Yeah. And that work ethic, I think, has wobbled over the years. People, they don't see it the same way. And I'm Catholic, so that whole work ethic was drummed into me by my uh-huh. father and the nuns. So I'd never let it go. Uh, Gary, thank you for doing this. Look, for, I look forward to hearing you. Thank you. Looking forward As to I'm it. driving. That'll be amazing. Do you keep the microphone... Clamp, clamp to your steering wheel when you're driving to add a level of complexity to what I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a suicide knob. When I was a kid, they had this little thing. I don't know why they called it that. It would attach to the steering wheel, and they had usually a woman in a bikini. And I guess you would steer with that, and uh-huh. it probably would be a suicide if you did it too much. Now this is coming off, and you'll notice I've got the really fashionable towels. Very nice to protect the uh, wheel from the the force of the clamp. May I suggest the dollar store? I'm a big dollar store fan. Are you really? I love the dollar store. In fact, I love it so much for Father's Day, my daughter gave me a gift card to the dollar store. Oh, so you can clean up. Oh. Well, you know what I just discovered years, many years into my adult life is Aldi. Aldi, and they're opening everywhere. This, everywhere. Is this a Swedish or German company? It's it's Maybe. not from here. Yeah, not from here. And they are opening, they're going to be the Starbucks of grocery stores. I think so. Yeah, and they're I, on a move here. I've saved significant money shopping at Aldi. There you go. Uh-huh. All right, Gary Meyer, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Carco Incarnate presented by the Audubon Mazda of Evanston. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Go listen to him on WLS next week and subscribe to his podcast. Get in my-